Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today, I have a really special guest, and I just cannot wait to introduce him so that we can get right to the meat of this conversation. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome J.M. Ryerson, mindset coach, podcast host of the Let's Go Win podcast and author of the Amazon bestseller, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life. JM coaches in leadership, business success, team building and career development, all my favorite subjects. Um, He is passionate about helping others succeed at work, at home and in life by offering simple tools that enable a healthy work-life balance. And we're gonna talk about that today. JM, thank you for being here today. Casey, it's my pleasure. Good to see you again. Uh, Thank you for having me. I know. You know, we had such a great conversation just yesterday, and I was so excited that that, like two days in a row, I get to talk to JM. (laughs) The feeling is mutual because when you meet and talk to good people, you energize each other. So I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again. It's awesome. This is so much fun. We're just, maybe we just need to put this on repeat. We'll just do this like, you know, I don't know, once a month, once a quarter, something like that. We'll just start a whole nother podcast for that. The JM and Casey show. I'm in. I like the name. We do a Casey and JM show. I'm cool with that too. We'll have to see what the jingle looks like afterwards. So I kind of threw a little uh, question at you earlier. So I'm wondering if you had time to get the answer for me. So I love to really talk about the importance of networking when, you know, meeting people, because I get to meet so many incredible people, but the only reason I get to do that is because I network, right? And so I I love to share how I got connected with our guests. So do you remember how we got connected? No, (laughs) I'm I'm failing at this because you asked me if you'd introduce me to another person, I'm like, no, and then you had. So, I no, I don't. I, well, I failed at my homework. The jury's still out on that one because I can't find any evidence that I introduced him to you. And we're talking about Christopher Salem, folks. He was on the podcast early on. I think he was one of the first 10 that we did, and he's absolutely amazing. He was most recently on JM's podcast, Let's Go Win. And again, just with the knowledge nuggets, that man is amazing. But we're not here to talk about him today. We're here to talk about you. So, I'm going to, you know, just let you in tell you who introduced us because this is your guy that kind of represents you todd armstrong i'm guessing (laughs) he's a good dude thank you todd you've been hooking me up with great people as always appreciate it and uh he's definitely lifting my life up by by meeting so many great people yeah he's he's brought me some tremendous guests you of course being one of them and i think you and i just like really hit it off when we talked and i think that's important when we do our intro calls that there's some kind of connection because otherwise it just falls flat when you get into the interview, right? Um, but I kind of want to go back to something that you said, because I know you're all about mindset, you're all about work-life balance, among other things, you coach athletes and um, just really helping people to get to their next best level. And so I really want to um, go back to a comment that you said that when you said it, I went, whoa, 
That is so true. So you mentioned that we spend 33% of our lives doing work. And I and that's an incredible, and some of us even more probably because some of us are OCD and work even when we get home. So how can we make sure that we enjoy our time at work and feel good about the percentage of our lives devoted to our careers? I think the first thing you have to do is align your values with the company. And if they don't align, choose out of that. Either find a different company or try and change the culture. And that's what we all get these choices. And that's something that you and I talked about very openly is that, look, not every place is a great fit for you. And that's okay. And you're not a great fit for everybody. But I promise you, if your values don't align, it's probably not going to go well. So that's the first thing. The other thing is I have a saying that I always use, and that's we work to live. We do not live to work. So for those of you that are workaholics, I understand you got to rise and grind and do all these things. You, you do have to work hard. I'm not suggesting you don't. However, they say to really get deep work done, you can only do about three hours of that per day anyway. So just be really mindful of the time you are spending. And when you're working on that deep work, you know, be in, be in it. Don't have your Facebook up and, uh, I don't know, taking other appointments and phone calls. Do your deep work so that you can spend less time physically at work and get better results. You know, my real problem with that, with the deep work, number one, I'm all over the place. We talked about that, boing, 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 you know. Um, but I, like if I'm sourcing or if I'm, you know, trying to, that's my deep work. I've got to get in there and I've got to really go through those profiles on LinkedIn to find candidates for my clients. And then I hear, ding, you have email. And I meet Alt-Tab and I'm like, I have literally gotten to where I have to shut my email off during the day because it goes off so crazy, and but it distracts me. And then it takes you 20 minutes to get back into what you were doing. Yeah, so quite literally what you did is the best thing to do, turn off your email and just be like, I will get to that email when it is time. So for instance, when I write, I cannot be interrupted, or it's not that I can't, I would choose not to be interrupted because getting back into those, those thoughts and that flow as they call it, Yep. That is not an easy thing to do. So turning off your notifications, committing to this is what I'm going to do, whether that be reading or in your case, sourcing, I'm going to source for the next hour and that's it. And I'm going to be 100% present. Then I'll time block and I'll do my emails for the next hour. And I do realize that there are reactive positions in this world where you can't do that. But for those of us that you know exactly your top three things you need to do, don't mess with that time block. Make sure that that time is committed and dedicated specifically to that. And it allows you to perform at your very best. Just like right now, you're not gonna answer an email or text during this podcast, I assume. And if you did, it would be distracting. Same idea with, with what you're doing with your deep work. I, I'm just going to be completely honest. I forgot to take off my Apple Watch. That's what that little gesture was. Just a second ago, and it was dinging, and I was like, "Don't look! Don't look!" <laughs> I don't normally wear my watch in here. That was so random. So sorry about that. I want to go back. I to didn't this. know. <laughs> I tell on myself all the time. I can't help it. Um, but I want to kind of go back to you talking about aligning with the company values, and I think. 100% what you just said. And that's why I want to bring it back up. That's so important that you align with the company values because if not, you're going to be miserable to go to work every day. So how during the interview process, 
does one determine if they align with the company values? It's a great question. So when you go in for an interview, you should be interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And I would ask, what are the values? What do you stand for? So often you'll see companies and they have a mission statement. And if you ask 10 people what that mission statement is, nine don't know. That's a challenge, that's a problem. The one person that probably does know is the one that created the mission statement to begin with. So bringing those values to light is really important for you, for the employer to say, am I the right fit? And so cultural values always aren't stated on paper, but there's a tangible feel when you go into an office. It's a competitive work environment. It's a fun work environment. It's a family-like environment. Whatever is important to you, if you go in and it's a family-like environment and that scares the living crap out of you, go. that's probably not the spot for you. That's okay. Um, just because you want to get ahead of it. You don't want to be there three months in after your training. You're all excited. So now the honeymoon period's off and you're like, this is miserable. This is not where I want to be. You want to vet that out in the interview and it's positive for you and the employer. And I think that's so true. And, you know, I think for me, and I tell this story all the time, you know, I, I work for the best company in the world and I'm not even kidding. Um, but for me, what got me to leave my other job um, that I'd been at for a while and I really wasn't looking, didn't have any desire to make a move was that I interviewed with them because a friend had recommended me to them. And so I didn't want her to have egg on her face. And so I interviewed with them, but they asked me a very important question and which spoke volumes about their culture. And instead of saying, this is what we'd like you to come here to do. They looked at me and they said, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Isn't that powerful? Well, it's basic, it's behavioral interviewing and it's an incredible, incredible tool to use. If you are hiring somebody, don't just say, you know, this is what we're looking to do. What are you looking for? I love that question. And obviously they're professionals. They know exactly what they're looking for. They're really good at recruiting, hence why you guys are so amazing at it. But, you know, it is a, a really important question to ask. Yeah. And it's so interesting too. The other thing that I love that I don't know how I would have picked up on this in the interview with them was that what I told them I wanted to do, I'm not doing any of that now. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, they are so nimble and it's, and I don't know how I would have picked up on that, but I think probably I did because that's really what I was looking for. Well, and again, I don't know who hired you or who brought you in, but they did ask a personal question about you showing that they do have genuine care. You're not just a number. You're not just an you know, employee. You're not just a salary, but what does Casey want? And when Casey says, I want this and whatever that is, I want to be challenged. I want to grow. That allows you to flourish in their role. And because they showed care, genuine care, that's important to you. Just the little I know, you know, as I've got to know you, those relationships are really important to you. You don't want to be a number. You do want to be challenged. So it's an incredibly smart interview question that they asked you. I love it. I will forever use that question from now on because it, it was pivotal and I'm not, you know, I've been doing this for years and it was so pivotal. It like changed everything. So, okay. So we mentioned work-life balance earlier and I really want to talk about this. So what does work-life balance truly mean? That's a great question. And actually, I, as much as I have even activities on it and I believe in it, I'm almost going to work-life harmony. And the reason I say that, one of the things I've been really looking at is balance 
does that mean if one, and the reason I use balance is because if you're working too much and your personal life is out of balance, if you're not working at all, then, you, you know, then your work life is out of balance. So there is an aspect of balance. However, there's also harmony that goes into it. So I know this, if you don't, if you're not performing well in your job, let's say, you're probably not going to show up very well in your personal life either. Or let's say your health is failing. If your health is failing, how could you show up and be a great employee? It's virtually impossible. So that's why work and life is so important that you have. And there's actually 10 areas I really look at that I say, look, there's an assessment. You can take it. It's free to you on my website, but take it. I take it at least monthly to check in. How is my hobby? How's my energy levels? How's my friendships? These are the things, and this goes way back. Buddhists have been doing this for a year. It's called the wheel of life, right? And it's, you've seen people talk about it, Zig Ziglar and others, but it's so true. If one is out of whack, you can't show up great as a spouse if you hate your job. And so it's, you just need to be checking in and say, look, how's work going? It's going awesome. Great. How am I showing up as a parent, as a spouse? Great. How's my health? Not very good. Okay, now we need to focus in that area so that we can show up in every area as our best self. I, I love that. I really do. And I love that you're calling it harmony. And the way you just explained it, I just had an aha moment. That is so true. And, you know, I can think of a million circumstances where that applies. Um, so we know that we need to have that work-life harmony. And I think... Personally, I think some of that falls back on the employers. So how can employers encourage better work-life balance or better work-life harmony? So there's a, an idea that Daniel Pink really brought to the world and it's called the results only work environment. It's in a book called Drive. Uh, I read it, it took me a long time to read actually. And I like Daniel Pink, but I didn't care for the read. The content, however, is fantastic. And that was all the whole idea of nine to five or any of these antiquated ideas that you have to be at a job for eight hours, nine hours to perform. That really doesn't make sense to me unless you're at a retail location or somewhere where you're servicing and you need to be there. I understand that. But if your job is to perform a duty, who cares how long you spend there? In fact, I would rather you spend less time, be far more productive and then allow your mind to to grow create other things for the for the companies and that's what employers can do is to say look i really want you to be clear on what you need to do and that is these key three things it's not a task list you're not a taskmaster. rather this is what we want you to perform well at and usually there's no more than three things that you should really be performing at and that may mean you're not great at doing your email great but you know what, Casey, you recruited 10 amazing human beings this, this month and you're way ahead of your quota or something like that. That's what I would care as an employer. I don't care that you were here 20 hours, 40 hours, or I certainly hope not 60 hours. I care what you did in the time that you're here. So I don't care about hours. And I think the more we can adapt that and, and everybody kind of bring that on, I think you'll see productivity go much higher. People will be a lot happier. And that brings harmony to the work-life balance because now maybe it's not 33% we're spending at work. Now maybe it's 20% or 15%, which is allowing our creative juices to go. And now we can bring that back to the table when we come to work. I love that. And I love the fact that you brought up the archaic nine to five because, you know, I have been fighting this my entire career. I don't, 
it's not that I mind getting to work at a certain time, but I, I want to choose that time because I have things that, you know, my miracle morning that I want to do in the morning that's a non-negotiable. So I want to make sure that, you know, I get that done before I get to work. I'm going to get my work done. There's no doubt I'm going to get my work done. I have too much to do to not get it done, right? So I just, but in VIP is very flexible with that and are very good about allowing, like we have one employee that her prime time is midnight. And so she works from like eight till four in the morning, you know, and we're okay with that because she's super productive and that's when she works and functions best. So I think that if more companies would embrace those kind of philosophies, I think we would see a lot more of that work-life harmony that you're talking about. Yeah, that's a pretty progressive move. And I love that because again, do we care about results or do we care about, again, something created back in the industrial revolution, nine to five, that we're going to work this amount of hours. It's old. That's not the way it works anymore. And I will say as bad as the pandemic has been for some companies, it has been incredible for pretty much every company to realize business doesn't have to look the same way it did 10 years ago, five years ago, even a year ago because you can be productive from home. You can meet via Zoom and maybe not have to be on airplanes. I mean, there's some good that came out of it and hopefully this will be a part of that. Well, and you're absolutely right. You know, I'm kind of close to the ground when it comes to looking at all the different companies and what they're doing with their employees. And that's what I'm hearing across the board is that our employees are more productive when they're at home. But the funny thing is, I'm hearing from the employees, we want to go back to work. We can't stand this because they want that separation. Well, it's true. I mean, think about productivity. You save, let's say in many cases, two hours a day, just traveling, just commuting. So if you're in, uh, so you're in Dallas, so let's say I live in Fort Worth and I go to Dallas, that's a good 45 minute commute, maybe longer in certain things of traffic. Without traffic. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then going back, same idea. So they're picking up the productivity. Now, what is missing is the camaraderie, being around that energy in that unit. And so that's where I think companies are gonna evolve and say, look, we can keep this and develop a hybrid where let's say we work Monday through Thursday and then Friday, maybe it's truly a happy hour or let's say a team building activity. We're gonna go river rafting, we're gonna go uh, do a ropes course. We're going to just go have a barbecue and enjoy one another's time. I can see that happening because we do need the camaraderie and we do like to have separation of work and home, but can we still be productive and find ways to do both? And I think you'll see that hybrid system. Yeah, absolutely. You're correct on that. Um, we're already, so probably the majority of the clients that I work with are still remote and they are definitely talking about going back into the office. I'm hearing rumblings about June or July for a lot of them, but no, no more of the the way that it looked before. They're doing rotating teams. They're doing, you know, I, I've got one uh, client that's doing. You work one week in the office, three weeks at home, and then and then they're, that way they're rotating the people in and out of the office. So, some really interesting things are coming out of this. Yeah, it is. It's pretty funny because I was talking to a guy in San Diego, and I said, oh, "Has it started to open up?" He goes, "Traffic is back," and I was, we both said, "Yes." When is the last time somebody rooted for traffic? I mean, it, but that tells you some normalcy is happening. We want to go back and it tells you how social we are as beings. So I think a lot of good has come out of it if we look at for the silver linings. Absolutely. So, 
you know, and this has been a hard year this last year for a lot of people. Um, what are some signs that you aren't living your best life and balancing your work responsibilities? Because I know a lot of people didn't do that when they were working from home. So, and how can you improve it? One of the biggest signs is just literally look at, are you being negative or are you being positive? So often because our agendas were being run by social media or by the media in general, turning on the news, hearing reports of how many new cases have happened, how many deaths have happened. I mean, you didn't have to look far for negativity. It's out there. And I don't care what side of the fence, right side, left side, I really don't care where you land. It was negative for all sides. And so that's the first sign I was, are you being positive? Um, if you're not, how come? Who's running your agenda? Is it you? Are you getting up? Are you doing some of these things like setting your intention? Are you working out in the morning? Are you following somewhat of a routine so that you are running your agenda, not CNN or Fox or CNBC or name whatever news station you want, but rather you. So that's one of the first ones. And the other thing is literally look at your routine. We as human beings thrive on routines. It's just a fact. Now, if you lost that routine during the pandemic, it could lead to maybe your health is starting to slip. Maybe, I, you know, I'm not taking care of my mind, my body, and my soul. Rather, I'm just sleeping in longer and then going to work. And so I'm not really getting fulfillment out of these things that I used to, even though I have two extra hours that I'm not commuting that we talked about, I'm spending more time, again, looking at the news or staying on the couch. There's so many great things you could be doing. So just check it out. Look, are you being positive or negative? And are you doing your routine? So I love that you brought up routine because you know I'm a huge Miracle Morning fan. And one of the things that I would add to that, number one, I don't watch TV. So I have no idea what's going on in the world. <laughs> I heard there was this election or something. I'm just kidding. I knew about that. <laughs> you know, But um, one steadfast role, you know, I've told you I have my non-negotiables, you know, things that I will not negotiate on. And this is such great advice and I can't remember which thought leader, but I'm sure lots of them say it. I don't check any social media. I don't check any emails. I don't do anything until I do my miracle morning. And especially without fail, I must meditate and I must do my journey. I don't must, I get to, you know, I get to do those things before the rest of the world starts yelling at me and clamoring for my attention. So I hope that helps somebody. I don't know how it couldn't. I mean, look, doing those things scientifically, they've proven you feel better. You're more, you have more clarity. You're a happier human being because you are calmer. So it's funny though, because we allow life to get in the way or we choose, as you said earlier, you kind of like the snooze button sometimes, or you used to, we choose that, get crappy sleep anyway, start to get groggy again because you're not really getting any good sleep. If you get up and just do those things and do that for yourself, that is the one thing. And I know this isn't a question you asked, but one of the biggest coaching pieces that I work on is stop being selfish, take care of yourself. That sounds almost like, a you know, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. It makes a thousand percent. Any parent that's listening right now, you have to take care of you in order to take care of your flock, your family, your pride, your whatever you want to call them. You have to take care of yourself first and generations, and especially I'm generalizing, but generations of females didn't, and it's not right. You guys need to reward yourselves, take care of yourselves so that you can be there to support your kids, 
see the grandbabies, all the amazing things that come with that. Um, but I do coach on that a lot. I'm like, look, take care of you so that you can show up as the best version of yourself with your kids, with your family, with your spouse, with your job. So anyway, you didn't ask, but I, I thought I'd throw it out there. I think that's so important. I think it goes right along with what we're talking about. So self-care is a big issue for me as well and my clients that I work with. And I think that you know, you it's I love that analogy about putting your your own oxygen mask on first. You've got to do that if you're going to give to others. Otherwise, you're going to run out of steam. You know, I'm a, I'm a big you may think I'm selfish, but I I take very good care of myself and my soul care. And part of that is getting eight hours of sleep. So that's the amount of sleep I need. Sometimes I get more when thank you for calling me out because that was on yesterday's podcast. We talked about the snooze button, um, <laughs> but sometimes I do get a little bit more. But and I also track my sleep. Do you do that? I do. I use whoop is what I'm using currently. And uh, I do track my sleep because I was that guy for many years, like the first probably two and a half companies that I built where I prided myself on four hours sleep. I can do it. You're right. You absolutely can. But how productive are you really? How creative are you with your mind when you're getting that little sleep? They have shown a study and I don't, I will completely mess it up, but there's like 1% of the world that can operate with less than seven hours of sleep effectively. So maybe you're that 1%, I'm not. And I have learned that as, as I do take care of myself, Hey, what do you know? I'm, I can be pretty creative if I give myself enough rest and sleep. What do you know? My health is doing better. I, you know, my gym results are better by getting that sleep. There's no reason not to other than, again, it's a mentality. Rise and grind and you, you're just going to put in 60 hours a week. That is ridiculous and it's bad advice. I, I couldn't agree more. And there's, I thought you were going to go to this study, but there's another study that talks about the damage that you do to your brain when you don't get enough sleep. It's almost like, you know, I, I can't remember what they said. It was like, it was anyway, go find the study because it's really good and it's very enlightening. And if you see pictures of people's brains, like when they do the imaging of it that have been sleep deprived, it's really gross. It's like they've had some kind of major cancer or something. Well, if, if you mentioned the word, the C word, cancer. If you don't get a minimum of six hours, you miss out on the on the sweep. So the sweep of cancer cells. So literally six hours is the minimum number for everybody other than that 1%. And they're showing that because I think we molecular, our, our entire DNA changes, 93% of us. However, in order to do that, to recover, to make those sweeps, you have to get the rest. So I don't know the exact study either, but I know six hours is the bare minimum and you really should be closer to seven or eight. Um, and I'm closer to seven typically on a daily basis, but I always make sure to get six for the cancer sweep. That is, I had not heard that. I'm gonna have to go do some research on that. So, and I average about seven and a half to eight hours a night when I look at it over the period of the time. Cause yes, I do look at the average at the end of the week when I do my weekly review. So <laughs> I told you I'm weird. It's not um, weird. I like it. You, you know yourself. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm curious about this. How does company culture relate to work-life balance or harmony, as you call it? <sighs> the culture is everything. And my best example is my first company was incredible. I loved it. We had an awesome culture. We were very clear on who we were, what we were doing. The second company, 
and it grew as well, the second company, but it was miserable. It was six years of awful. And again, that was my choice. I was a partner in, in the firm. They weren't bad human beings. We just weren't aligned. But here's what happened. I nearly got divorced. I was wildly unhappy with you know where I was both professionally and personally with workouts. And so it just wasn't healthy. Then the third company, I decided to be very clear on what the core values are and make sure everyone's aligned. We have grown substantially because of that, even during the, the dark times, even during the downturns in the economy, and it's a whole lot more fun. And so, and with my, my most recent company, same thing. I want people to know what we stand for, who we are. So there's no guessing games. If you walk through the door, you know that courage, fun, and transcend. That's what we're all about. And if you have any questions of what those mean, just ask because everybody should be able to tell you, we are gonna have a great time here. Why? Because we don't live that long. Fun is not for everybody, that's okay. But if you wanna be a part of my company, you're gonna wanna have some fun. I wanna have some fun. You do have fun, you, you would be, a, I, look, I'm not trying to recruit you away from VIP, I don't even think I could, but I would love to have you, you would be awesome. Well, thank you so much. So what are some traits of excellent leaders and how can people in leadership positions strengthen these traits? It's a great question. So I look for a couple. Uh, vulnerability is one, uh, which a lot of leaders are afraid to do. Um, I think it's probably the biggest mistake. It's the most profound lesson I've learned. I remember in my mid twenties when I really started to be an executive quote unquote, and I remember I had to look a certain way in my mind. I had to wear the three piece suit and tie. And that was a thing. And got, by the way, anybody that is comfortable wearing a three piece suit and tie, fantastic. That's you. It's just not who I am. So the point was I was putting on a mask and I talk about it in the book. I, I talk about putting on these masks because it's what we do, but masks are for parties. They are not for going to work. And so being yourself, being completely vulnerable with your team, that is quite literally the most important uh, leadership quality in my opinion. Uh, the second one would be humility. And it's just the very simple idea. It's not about you. And anybody that has been around business long enough, or you've seen those leaders that take credit away from their employees, that's, that's not an admirable quality. And I always equate it to uh, going to a birthday party. Um, imagine going to a birthday party and you're the only one there. That doesn't sound like a very good party, but that's what you're doing when you're like, look at me, look at what I did. How much better is it if you go to a birthday party with 20 people that are celebrating with you? That's what happens when you give credit to the team, not saying, look at what I did. So whenever my ego gets in the way, or I may, I always think about that birthday party. Like, look, I like to celebrate with people. I don't want to celebrate by myself. So why would I take all the credit? That doesn't make any sense. And then the last one would just be courage. I think leaders need to be courageous. They need to be able to put themselves out there. And by the way, you can't be humble. You can't be vulnerable without courage. So you literally have to practice courage in order to do both. So those would be the three that I would tell people to do. And with courage, I say it every time, courage is like a muscle. It gets stronger the more you use it. So just put yourself out there one time. You're going to get stronger each and every time. And next thing you know, you're not afraid to be completely vulnerable be completely who you are. And uh, it's it's a very attractive quality as a leader. That is so wonderful. So I bet you didn't realize, but we're almost out of time. 
No, I didn't. That's gone fast. <laughs> so I do want to ask you our VIP question. So are you ready? Because we're just going to have some fun now. All right. All right. I'm ready. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Well, this might be not the answer you're looking for, but it would be my two sons and my wife. I just plain and simple. Maybe I, if, if the family is not an option, I can come up with three others. But I literally can't imagine. I wrote the book for my two boys. Um, they mean a lot to me. As any parent, they love their kids. But uh, they're extremely special to me. And uh, I wouldn't have that family unit without my wife. So those would be the three. I'd put them in a suitcase if I had to. Or I'll go in the suitcase. Whatever it takes. Uh, we're going to Mars. And we're going to go have a blast up there. I, you know, and I don't look for any particular answer whatsoever. I think it's just so interesting what people come up with and how they interpret the question. It gets interpreted many different ways as well. And I've even had a few refuse to go. So there's that. <laughs> so It's I a hard I'm question, but I guess for me, it's not. I, I, I know what I value and those three are pretty darn important. So, Well, and I saw pictures of your family on your website and you have a beautiful family. So I can certainly understand why you would want to take them with you. I appreciate that. So I'm so curious to hear your answer to this question. I know we talked about my answers to this question yesterday, but I want to hear your answers. So what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I only get to pick one. Okay. Um, man, I mean, it's either meditation, journaling, or setting my intention. And I don't know, how would I rank it? Do I rank it based on what I do first. So if I did it, what I do first, it would actually be gratitude. It would be stating the three things I'm grateful for. It's the first thing I do before I even get out of bed. Um, and then it's right into meditation. Then it's to journaling and setting my intention because after I meditate, then I'm clear on what I want to do today. Exactly. Um, yeah. So man, that's a hard one. I'm sorry. I gave you like four. But I guess if it's the first thing I have to do, it's it's I just gratitude. Three things I'm grateful for every single morning. It you can't help but smile. Actually, you just described a miracle morning. And it's funny, I'm gonna tell you something because you do your stuff in the exact order I do mine. Because I wanna do my meditation before I get to my intention, right? Because I need that clarity before I can set my intention for the day. Do you write your intention down? I do. I mean it's part of as I know you got a journal coming out. Congratulations. Yes, That's amazing. Thank you. Um, I did as well. And it's something that I, I, you know, most people have never even considered doing an intention, but it, you know, I don't know the, the order I, I had to find that for a while because meditation for a long time came in and out of my life until about my mid thirties. And it hasn't gone away at all since, but I also do brain games every single morning. I also read every morning and I used to do straight away. I would do reading or I'd do brain games, but I found my brain wasn't quite in the place I wanted it to be. So anyway, that, that is interesting. We ended up in the same pattern. Yeah, I need that clarity before I get to the stimulation. That's I need a to very concise way to put that. I like that. <laughs> okay, so my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Um, I, I would hope it would be that, that he loved and played fully, um, didn't hold back. So loved and played fully, I guess would be the headline. My wife says I'm excessive, 
that can be great. It can be terrible. But I think she I, called I you do. a little chaotic in one of the last podcasts the two of you did together because you'd been gone for like 10 days. Yeah, and I'm about to do it again. And I like to also, once you go through all these, you know, setting your intention, meditating, you come up with these great ideas. And I love popcorn. I'm like, hey, let's talk about these things. And she's like, can we just do this first? Okay, fair enough. We'll revisit it tomorrow. <laughs> but quite literally, um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it would be love and played fully. Like, I just, that, that's what I want people to. I hope they feel that way when they work with me. I hope that's what my, when there's on my tombstone, when my kids are there, I hope they say dad loved and, and, and lived a hundred percent. That is so awesome. And I'm sure they will. How do people find you? Uh, yeah, they can go to let's go win.com is the website for I blog weekly or let's go win 365 on any of the social media channels. Um, we try to you know, put some valuable content out there. And if you get something from it, please let us know, because that's what we're trying to do is inspire people to live their best lives. And you mentioned a free resource earlier. Can we touch on that just real quick? Absolutely. If you go to letsgowin.com, uh, it literally says work-life balance. It's an assessment of 10 things. I do it monthly just because I need to check in just like anybody else to make sure I'm not working too much or I'm not playing too much. Um, so yeah, that is a free resource to any of your audience. I hope you take advantage of it. Um, I built it for myself and I found value from it. So hopefully they do too. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. And I just have one last thing to say to you, JM, you are a VIP. <laughs> thank you, Casey. You are the VIP and thank you so much for having me. I, I had a great time as always. And uh, I just appreciate how you are and how you show up in the world and keep doing it. You're doing awesome. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.